Howdy, folks. Ah, there you are. And just in time. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Yo ho, yo ho, a parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we love to talk about Walt Disney World, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and how and why we still enjoy frequenting the happiest place on earth. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may even return to your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And hopefully, we can share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I am Dewey. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm coming from you, coming to you from my home in the bustling metropolis that is Magnolia, Delaware. And this is episode number 33 of the WDW Reflections podcast. Thanks for being here with us. So with me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Cleveland, Tennessee. My good buddy, Ron. How's it going, bud? It's going well. I thought you would keep up the illusion that we went to an office and recorded together. In oh, life. yeah. I mean, we're coming to you from the <laughs> WDW Reflections podcast headquarters uh in um where's the headquarters located new york we went we traveled with tony Uh, i guess that's the new york skyline you can see back there (laughs) yeah so we're playing with uh with the new i guess zoom has some new features so we're if you're listening to this you have no idea what we're talking about if you're watching this on youtube on our youtube channel you can see that we're um virtually sitting in some kind of a conference room it's it's kind of a neat little toy a uh, new feature that Zoom is having. So it does look like we're all sitting beside each other. So ignore that part. And my buddy Tony's not coming us from New York City. He's sitting right to my left uh, in the conference room in the WDW Reflections headquarters building. So, hey, Tony. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's been a while since we've all had a chance to catch up. And so um, just want to remind everybody that uh, we do have many ways on social media for you to keep up with us when we're not recording. And there's plenty of show clips from the past that are up on our YouTube channel. And let's hope we've been having a couple of, of issues with the um, with the audio syncing up with the picture. So that's why you haven't seen any of the recent shows. But we hope that that'll be resolved as of this show. And you'll start seeing some more clips on YouTube from the show and that you'll listen to this and refer you refer to other of your friends yeah we've had some pretty good interactions with uh with some folks on uh instagram in the last week or so and uh so that's that's pretty fun getting to interact with uh other disney creators and uh folks that listen to the show and watch the watch the clips on youtube and everything so that's been fun we really enjoy 
connecting with with folks and uh, i you may think that uh such an elaborate uh production that we put on here that we have a, a a large team of writers and producers and uh no that's not the case at all it's literally the three of us and um i i you i'm the one that usually handles the instagram uh posts or or the interactions with listeners and stuff so uh, that's fun for me. I enjoy chatting or, or in, connecting with folks that uh, follow the show on Instagram and stuff. So that's been fun. So uh, thanks for bringing that up, Tony. That's good information. Please keep contacting us. Holler at us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Send us emails. I like kind of fun stuff. We, uh, we, re- we enjoy those kind of interactions. All right, fellas. So are you guys ready to reflect on this week's episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast? Let's go. Oh, that was that was enthusiastic. I didn't hear Ron say anything. Ron, are you are you enthusiastic? Absolutely. absolutely. Let's oh, go. good. Ron's excited yeah. too. We're and for all those excited. of you watching the video, I'm going to be pretending that Dewey's right there, so I'm gonna talk. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really focused on on listening hey, Ron. to me. Hey Tony, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. Do I need I need to like lean back like this? So you, so nice, you can, but we know that you you think it's all about you, so you just stay right in the middle. Well, I, I've the way I figured is y'all put me in the middle so you can both keep an eye on me so I behave. <laughs> it takes two. It might take more than that. Make probably does. All right. So this week uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about a classic Disney attraction, especially since in the last uh, week or so, some kind of exciting news has uh, been released or has has come come out about this classic Magic Kingdom attraction. So um, when I saw the, the new information that we'll share later on in this episode about this attraction it it kind of inspired me to to jump in and do a little bit of research and write an episode about this classic magic kingdom attraction the carousel of progress so this is uh this is one of my family's favorites uh even you know going back to when i was a kid we always enjoyed this you know when i was 11 12 years old and as i've grown up and become an adult and have my own kids and stuff uh i've um uh, taken my kids on this attraction so many times that it's actually one of their favorites now too so we this is a don't miss for us we see this every single time we go to the magic kingdom so i'm excited to jump in on the classic disney attraction the carousel of progress so uh let's just talk about some of the attraction details before we jump into history and stuff So the Carousel of Progress is a 20-minute show in a rotating theater that follows a family throughout all of the 20th century. Originally developed for the 1964-1965 New York World's Fair before actually moving the entire attraction has moved two times. And uh, we'll talk about that in in the history section here in just a second. There's a number of show scenes. There's four show scenes with actual animatronics and and uh you know live scenes like that uh with two additional rotation stops it's the intro scene and then the the exit scene when you enter the theater when you exit the theater 
uh, it, it has an opening narration that introduces the show and then the goodbye message at the end of the show. There's a total of eight characters in the show and a total of 32 total audio animatronic figures. So there's a dog and, and a couple other things, but eight speaking characters the the animatronics consist of. The theater capacity is 240 guests per theater. So uh, this thing is rotating and, and loading 240 new guests every uh, every few minutes. So it's uh, it does a good job of keeping people uh, moving from the queue. All right, so let's talk about the birth of this attraction. So as I said, it was first created for the 1964-1965 New York World's Fair. Now, Tony, you're um, how old were you in in sixty four, sixty five? In sixty five, I would have been an infant. Okay, so um, I don't. But my guess family that... did go to the World's Fair. Um, they did. Uh, yes, because uh, they were based out of Brooklyn, New York. The fair was in Queens, and everybody went. I mean, I found out that even my um, my in laws from Scranton went from pennsylvania all the way and all the way to, to new york to see the world's fair so anyone in the area would have gone that's pretty cool and, yeah um, no it was really big yeah I, actually my father-in-law some one of these days i'll show you he still has one of those dinosaurs from the uh, other exhibit that disney has he had a little plastic dinosaur that he brought but that's oh, no, that's cool yeah that's really cool so you know i and I, the reason i ask is because you know you're a new york city guy mm -hmm. and everything so i know that you were uh, you're from that area, so you're the youngest of your siblings. So yes. your your older siblings were actually able to go yes. and visit the World's Fair. That's pretty darn cool. And the thing about that World's Fair is that they actually built the infrastructure of the highways just for that World's Fair. So the highways that we use today in Queens and in Brooklyn area to get there were all just built so that people could have e easy access to the fair. Well, you know that here's a, a tidbit of information: the 1982. World's Fair that was held in Knoxville, Tennessee. They also updated their infrastructure just for the World's Fair. Have you guys ever been to a World's Fair? I no. went to Knoxville in 1982. Okay. I went to the 1984 World's Fair in New Orleans when I was oh, wow. in 84. I would have been 10. So, but I have memories of, uh, of that World's Fair. So that's pretty cool. Um, so in, uh, it, it, Kind of, we're going to go off subject here just a little bit, but actually, you guys know I'm a big history nerd. So, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels is called It's History, and uh, I actually watched um, uh, one of their episodes yesterday, and it was about the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. And uh, so that one talked about the how big World's Fairs were in uh, you know since the 1700s up until. Um, you know, the, the last big ones and probably the last really major one was the 64, 65, uh, New York world's fair, but these were such a draw. It was not uncommon for cities to, to spend millions and millions of dollars to create new spaces or like, like you were talking about infrastructure for new roads and stuff, because this was such a draw. So New York, uh, the New York world's fair 64, 65 was certainly, um uh, uh, a thing to see like it it drew millions and millions of people uh in the year that it was open so really cool stuff uh i've always been interested in in you know those kinds of things so general electric uh, better known as ge approached walt disney and walt disney company to develop a show 
for the company's pavilion that was going to be at the 64-65 World's Fair. Disney was excited to rekindle that relationship with GE, especially considering the electronics company would fund the project as well as fund the creation of the technology necessary for bringing the attraction to life. So it was kind of a no-brainer for Disney. Disney was going to get the access to the technology that they were going to develop and but they it was going to be on GE's dime. So kind of a no-brainer. So Walt Disney pitched an idea that he had had for an unused Disneyland concept of a show that was going to highlight the progress of man's use of electricity. And he wanted to um, wanted to use that unused idea to show the how electricity could be best used in uh, the best GE products of the day. And of course, GE executives loved the idea. So Disney had previously developed audio animatronic technology for a couple of the other World's Fair pavilions that, that they were highlighting there. They had the Enchanted Tiki Room had been, had been developed for, you know, the, the birds and stuff was some of the first audio animatronics they built. Uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was built for the Illinois Pavilion at the 64-65 World's Fair. The, um, Tony alluded to the dinosaurs earlier. That was in a, another pavilion as well as um, It's a Small World was de- developed for the Pepsi Company. So Disney was all over the 64-65 World's Fair. And they were happy to, to have access to the funds from GE to create a new, another new attraction that would uh, give them some some needed funds to develop that technology. So Disney Imagineers, led by Roger Brogy and Bob Gurr, devised a carousel theater that the audience could stay seated and ride around a stationary set of stages. So instead of the audience getting up and moving to the next scene, as uh, we all know, because we've been on the attraction, but this was revolutionary. That no pun intended. Revolutionary, get it? Circle, a revolutionary. Uh, it was was revolutionary to have the the stage stay in the middle and have the the sets remain and 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 stay in place while the audience rotated around each one. So it was pretty pretty out of the ordinary. So the the show consisted of six stops around the carousel. Like I said in the uh, the opening attraction details, four show scenes and then a load and unload section that featured a it was and this is then in Disney's description a stunning kaleidoscopic screens that dazzled guests as they boarded and exited their respective theaters. These screens stretch from one wall to the other, so like really large um, video screens, basically. And in the center of these kaleidoscopes was the GE logo. They lit up in various colors and patterns like a kaleidoscope as the orchestra version of There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow played. So that song, the great, It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, was written by the Sherman Brothers who had you know, been around in Disney creations for years and were really the masterminds of uh, the movie that was uh, was really, really big in Disney history and really put them 
uh, on the map for not just animation, but the crossover of animation and live action, which was Mary Poppins. And a really, really big part of Mary Poppins was the, the groundbreaking uh, music written by the Sherman Brothers. So when Disney was asked to create this attraction for GE, Walt Disney went straight to the Sherman Brothers and asked them to create a song that could serve as a bridge between the acts and the different show scenes. Walt explained to the brothers that the show was going to be about uh, the progress of humans with electricity, but also that it needed to highlight General Electric products. So as we know, that song was, uh, was written and it's called There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. And it really shows uh, the enthusiasm and the excitement that uh, Walt Disney and uh, the Imagineers were bringing to this new pavilion. So despite the technology and timing challenges for this show, because it was uh, a late request for the, sh for the 64, 65 World's Fair, uh, Disney, as they always do, or at least as they did back then, uh, came through and got the show ready on time for the 64, 65 New York City World's Fair. The show opened at the fair as Progress Land and was one of the most visited pavilions at the fair. So, though more than 200 people entered and they exited the attraction every four minutes, that's a pretty quick turnaround, uh, it was so popular that it was not uncommon for the wait for Progress Land at the fair to be over an hour long. Wow. So, because of how popular it was, after it opened, they actually created covered uh, queues outside the building because people were waiting so long in line and just right there in the sun they they built covered queues so it was a really really popular attraction at the fair the creation of the carousel of progress or like i said it was called progress land at that time uh it proved to be so popular at the new york city world's fair it was a no-brainer for disney they were uh happy to to do the creation of the of the show because when it was over they were going to be able to keep the show and use it as they saw fit so when the when the new york city world's fair closed at the uh, in a 1965 disney dismantled systematically dismantled the entire project the entire show hauled it all the way across the country to disneyland in anaheim california where it would be reconstructed and placed into the release of the new Tomorrowland, which was being reimagined for opening in 1967. And Carousel of Progress did reopen on July 7th, I'm sorry, July 2nd of 1967. So let's talk about a little bit of the history of Carousel of Progress as it was in Disneyland. So in Disneyland, due to the success of the attraction created for the fair, uh, General Electric agreed to continue their sponsorship. Uh, and this time they were going to sponsor it as, a, as an attraction at Disneyland. A brand new building was built, which was nearly identical. The, the theater system was nearly identical. It was constructed and the attraction was placed on the ground floor of a two-level building. The show was built in nearly the same configuration as it had been seen at the New York World's Fair, but it had a few minor changes 
They changed uh, a new voice recording for mother was recorded. Father was moved to sitting in a, on a bar stool in the home of the 1940s scene instead of sitting in like a bench seat. And in the final scene, it was updated to Christmas in the home of the 1960s. That one received a few set design changes and some of the technology was updated. So GE was able to have some of their new and uh, upcoming products highlighted there in the last scene. But besides those minor changes, the rest of the show was mostly unchanged from the World's Fair show. And it was the flagship of the new Tomorrowland refurbishment in there in Disneyland. So the actual attraction, Carousel of Progress, was on the ground level. But after the show, guests were able to board speed ramps, kind of like the ones that you get on when you're going up to the TTA People Mover there in Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom. You know, those speed ramps that send you up. Uh, very much the same Goodyear speed ramps took you to the second level of the Carousel of Progress building in uh, New Tomorrowland at Disneyland. On the upper level, there was a four-minute post-show that was narrated by mother and father from the, the actual Carousel of Progress. And, of course, there were a few barks included from one of the dogs that was uh, highlighted in the show. And the guests were able to, as they heard this uh, narration of, from mother and father, they were able to see the newly constructed uh, enormous model of Progress City. And uh, you guys remember Progress City. You know what Progress City is. That is the, uh, the model was the Progress City original concept for EBCOT or the Experimental, Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, which was going to highlight the Walt Disney World property. Um, and as the 1970s rolled on, the attraction saw dwindling audiences there at Disneyland, and GE thought they weren't getting the most for their advertising dollar. They felt that about 80% of the people that were seeing their attraction at Disneyland were mostly Californians and were mostly people who repeatedly come to the parks. Um, what was, and it's still kind of that way today, Walt Disney World as we know it now is a, an attraction or a location that is visited from all over the world. And that primarily it's people from other places, not Floridians, whereas Disneyland in California certainly sees people from all over. But uh, the vast majority of their patrons or their guests at Disneyland in California are, are Californians who have uh, season passes and those kinds of things. So GE didn't feel like they were getting the most bang for their buck because all those same people had seen their show over and over and they weren't getting new viewers or getting new customers. So Disney was asked by GE to move the attraction, the entire attraction, uh, to the upcoming Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So uh, Disney did just that. They closed the Carousel of Progress in Disneyland on September 9th, 1973. And just like they had done at the end of the New York World's Fair in 65, they 
systematically dismantled the attraction, packed it up and hauled it back to the East Coast, but this time in Florida instead of New York. I never realized the, it was the same one packed over. I thought it was a new new version. No, and the exact same thing. They just unpacked it or packed it, put it in boxes and drove it to uh, California. And then when it closed in California, they took it apart, packed it up and hauled it back to Florida. So that so means it's so the what same we see, one. That what we see today is still the same one. That's amazing. Yep. Um, you know, obviously there have been Parts updates and such, yeah. but um, for the most part, when you see the, the first scene at the turn of the century and, and uh, you know, fathers waving that fan, that Niagara Falls fan, that's from the 64, 65 uh, World's Fair. That's most of crazy. those things are are original so that's, pretty cool stuff that's cool well and that's why you see everybody knows the now infamous uh hand falling off father had his hand fall off a couple of years ago uh that audio animatronic is like what i don't know the 50s is uh, or 1965 or whatever that's over 50 years ago so that's a 50 year old uh I'm 50 years old and my hand doesn't fall off, but it doesn't, it doesn't work as good as it used to. You know what I mean? Right. So um, no surprise there. So not just the attraction was packed up and sent, but also the progress city model was disassembled. And now they didn't bring the whole thing because that uh, original progress, progress city model was enormous. And you can go on YouTube and find videos, um, uh, Walt Disney talking about his upcoming uh, Progress City, you know, all of his plans and what he wanted to do with Epcot. And you can see how enormous that model was. But only portions of the center of it were uh, packed up and reassembled in Florida. And that Progress City model is, is still there and can be seen from uh, the TTA, the People Mover. Uh, it's still part of that attraction. So let's talk about moving all the way to back to the East Coast, this time now in Florida. So when Walt Disney World opened in 1971, Tomorrowland was one of the hardest lands hit by early budget cuts. And it was in desperate need of additional attractions. And Imagineers worked hard to improve what was really mostly empty in uh in the early 70s after it opened in 71 in 1975 florida's tomorrowland received three new major attractions on january 15 1975 so four years after park opening the carousel of progress and space mountain both opened to the public and then the wedway people mover as it was called then later opened later that year on july 1st of 1975 but the new magic kingdom version of the carousel progress was much different from its previous versions the version from disneyland and from the new york world's fair 64 65 extensive major changes were made when the attraction moved to walt disney world general electric signed a new 10-year contract to sponsor it at the Magic Kingdom, but GE executives wanted significant changes to be made to the show. Because of the changing times, a new theme song was written by the Sherman Brothers, 
and was created for the Florida show. GE wanted them to write a new song because they didn't want their customers to be waiting for that great, big, beautiful tomorrow. GE wanted them to be buying new GE appliances today. Like right now is the time to buy GE products. So the, the Sherman brothers wrote a new song to highlight how we are now living in the best time. We don't have to wait for a better future because now is the time. And that song titled the best time of your best time of your life, or as what I called it when I was a kid, I called it now is the time. That's what most people know it as. Um, the best time of your life was created. Now, because GE wanted people who saw the show to be inspired to buy GE products now, today, right now, and not wait for the future or wait for the future to arrive. Right now is the best time. So I'll tell you, this is the carousel of progress that I know. It, although it says, you know, it was, it came, this was in 1975, my first trip to Disney World in um, 1985, so 10 years later, was, uh, this was the show that I saw, the Carousel of Progress. So, um, you know, this is obviously before the internet and all that stuff. So I had no idea that um, there was a previous version. I'd never heard Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow before. I thought now was the time. I thought that was the carousel of progress. So um, when they eventually went back to Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, which I'll talk about here in a second, I thought it was new. I was like, why did they change the song? You know, I, I had no idea that it was hearkening back to the original. So I was a little disappointed when they made that change. But so now is the time and this version of the show is what I remember from my childhood. And uh, I don't know, uh, you guys probably saw it in the, in the, uh, in the 70s and 80s. 90s. You guys remember yeah. when? When did you say, Tony? 91. 91. Okay, so 91 would still have been this version now yep. at the time. Yeah, what about you, Ron? I know your first trip to, to Disney World was in 75. So did 76, you, actually. And 76, yeah. okay. So we definitely um saw carousel progress though i don't remember i obviously it was great big beautiful tomorrow but i don't necessarily remember that that being said i don't know that i've ever heard now is the time oh. um because was what, what were the dates for now is the time again? so it opened at disney world with now is the time oh but I that's just that. assuming that's just assuming you went on Carousel of Progress on your trip in 76. Maybe maybe you did, maybe you didn't. No, I, I remember going on it. I just don't remember the song. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to figure that was, shoot, gosh, I don't was, make me do public math. But in 1976, that's, that was 40-plus years ago. Exactly. So, um, it's so, a yeah. similar enough sounding song. It, it, it's, it's, it sounds similar to the original. You can tell it's a Sherman Brothers song. Yeah. It it has that Sherman Brothers yeah. feel to it, you know? So, but that's the, this is the, the, the carousel of progress from my childhood. Certainly that, um, that now is the time show, or, you know, I guess we should call it what is actually the name of the song, the best time of your life. Very, but, very, uh, very quick know. digression. Have you, either of you guys ever seen uh, the special? I think it's on Disney plus it's called the boys. It's about the Sherman Brothers. 
I have not. It's it's in oh. my to do list or my my list on Disney Plus, but I have not watched it yet. It's worth it. It's actually kind of sad. At least the, I, I, if it's the same thing I saw a very long time ago, um, their relationship was not as strong as their songs. And considering they were brothers, it's even sadder. But it's interesting to see what happens toward the end there. Oh, no spoilers. No, nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I ha- that's on my to-do list, but I haven't watched it. That's yet. interesting because they don't show that dynamic on the show about Mary Poppins. I can't <laughs> think of the name of yeah. it all of a sudden. But, the, uh, being Mr. Banks? Yeah, being Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Saving Banks. Mr. Banks. That's a great movie. Yeah, uh, it is an incredible movie. All right, so... Uh, so a new carousel theater building was designed to house the attraction in Disney World. This time, a one-story pavilion with a loft above instead of the speed ramp that would take you to a second-floor post-show. The loft was created so that the TTA, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, uh, and the uh, Wedway People Mover, or whatever you want to call it nowadays, that loft was created so the, the People Mover attraction could pass above it. Because various problems plagued the kaleidoscope screens from the original version, these were changed uh, and the screens were covered with silver curtains. Uh, and in the center of the silver curtain was the GE logo. And uh, they, they just wanted to get away from the problems that the kaleidoscopes didn't always work right and that kind of stuff. So um, the GE logo was in the center and it took their place uh, in both the load and unload theaters with different colored lights that would shine on the, the shimmering silver curtains. Uh, and this is actually what we still see today, those still silver curtains, uh, but instead of the GE logo at its center, it's the Carousel of Progress logo now. The Florida version was planned with no post-show, and guests would load and unload on the first floor. A new cast of voices and performers were showcased in the new 1975 version. The first three acts had some cosmetic and set design changes, and the finale was changed to New Year's in the home of the 1970s. And then for some reason, they also changed the dog, the breed of the dog. That version of the show lasted until about 1981. And the finale was updated again to showcase New Year's in the home of the 1980s. So you can imagine the impressive technology that was highlighted in, in that. A new script was written for this scene change. And, but the rest of the show remained mostly the same. So the, con- the contract with GE expired on March 10th of 1985. And this time GE elected to no longer continue sponsoring the attraction. They chose not to renew their sponsorship. So the attraction shortly closed shortly after that March 10th expiration so that all the general electric references could be removed from the attraction. They took up the big GE logo in the center of the silver curtains and all that stuff. Although they did leave. If you look in a couple of the scenes, the, the refrigerator and stuff that still has, it's still a GE logo or still a GE refrigerator. They didn't take off minor things like that. They took off more of the, the, the big giant logos that would be, uh, associated with a sponsor. And for the next eight years after 1985, the attraction remained unchanged. That is until 
Walt Disney World was getting ready to get a facelift in Tomorrowland, which was going to be called New Tomorrowland. The attraction closed for, for refurbishment to better reflect the themes of the New Tomorrowland, which was, at that time, the future that never was. And if you remember, uh, they've always talked about the problems with Tomorrowland, how as soon as you call something in the future... Uh, well, the, the, the crazy thing about the future is that it always arrives. And by the time an attraction that's supposed to be futuristic opens, the, the technology is really not too futuristic anymore. So the, the Imagineers at Disney wanted to try and get away from that Tomorrowland being the future. And they, so they created the future that never was. It was a, that's when they came up with the intergalactic, uh, conference center and that's when they brought in um the alien encounter attraction and so made it more of a the theme was the intergalactic uh trading post or an intergalactic station where people from all over the galaxy were coming so it was kind of a make-believe more of a more of a you know sci-fi kind of theme rather than the future so all of tomorrowland received new paint schemes that featured uh, mechanical elements, gears and cogs and stuff like that. And the Carousel of Progress building was painted to, to go along with this paint scheme. So there were gigantic gears and cogs and stuff uh, on all the buildings. And um, the Carousel of Progress sign out front of the building actually was a gigantic purple cog or a gear, you know, one of those big uh, pieces, looked like a piece from a clock or something. So the attraction was renamed Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress to honor the man that was uh, instrumental in its creation. So the, uh, the attraction closed on August 16th, 1993 to begin incorporating all of these new changes. And uh, so the, uh, other than the attraction being renamed to Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, they updated the final scene, this time returning back to its Christmas roots and calling it the Christmas in the House of 2000. And this featured technology that uh, uh, was supposed to be, again, futuristic. And I guess maybe in 1993, 1994, maybe some of that stuff did seem futuristic, you know, talking to an oven and stuff. I guess that seemed like it was coming in the future. Uh, a new cast was hired for narration recordings. And for the first time, the names of some of the characters in the attraction were revealed as uh, none of the characters, the son and the daughter or any of those were actually called by their names in the previous iterations. But now in the 1993 version, uh, they uh, revealed that Patricia was the daughter's name and James was the, the son's name. A four minute pre-show about the creation of the attraction played on overhead monitors while guests were waiting in the outdoor queue. Uh, and this is, uh, you can find this on YouTube. It's actually pretty cool. It's um, the Sherman Brothers playing piano and singing Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow and Walt Disney talking to them and, and uh, singing the song with them and stuff. It's actually a really cool, uh, really cool video. So that was added to the outdoor pre-show. And because the show was re uh, returning to a closer version of its original to honor its creator, Walt Disney, there's a great big, beautiful tomorrow also returned as the attraction's theme song. 
This new version of the attraction opened on November 23rd of 1993. And here we are in 2022 now. Uh, and the show has pretty much remained the same for the last three decades. So 94, uh, I guess 2024, that will be three decades. And it's been pretty much the same show. Uh, and it's for this reason that it's been been kind of stuck there in that 1994 future uh, that for over the years, many rumors have surfaced about Carousel of Progress being closed permanently. And uh, there have been several times over the, over the last few years, or probably in the last 20 years, that uh, rumors have surfaced about Carousel of Progress going to be placed uh, to close as it was, it received that, that uh, usually a death nail it be being removed to a seasonal status. And you know, when an attraction gets that seasonal status moniker, it usually means that uh, an attraction's days are numbered. I know um, we saw the Wonders of Life Pavilion go to uh, seasonal status. We saw Stitch's Great Escape go to seasonal status. Uh, usually when that happens... Uh, it, you're usually getting to the end of the lifespan of an attraction. But thankfully, the Carousel of Progress has riven, risen from the dead time and time again on uh, each occasion that it was placed in seasonal status. So we've, we just got lucky. We don't always get lucky with, uh, with uh, shows going to seasonal status. Horizons even went to seasonal status. but And we know we lost that. So... Uh, it managed to to stay put. It managed to um, to to stay alive, and it's gone from one of the there's there's a there's a small window in the life of an attraction from when it appears to be outdated, and when it somehow transitions into uh, classic or nostalgic. So uh, we luckily. You know, where we lost Horizons because it started seeming outdated. It wasn't the future anymore. And we lost it. Luckily, Carousel of Progress hung around long enough so that it, it was no longer just outdated. Now it seems more like a look back, like a nostalgia that, uh, and thankfully, we still have the attraction to, that, to, to have lived long enough that we were able to transition to that nostalgic feeling. And so, I think they're going to probably want to hold on to it, especially since it's known as the last, I'm sorry, as the longest running live show mm -hmm. in the world. They're yes, going to want, the to, they're going to want to maintain that, that, uh, that title. Well, like it's the longest running uh, stage show, or stage I think show. is what it says in the, in the pre-show, right? Yeah. yeah something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big statement, you know? Uh, so thankfully it stuck around and, um, you know, old guys like me, I, I look uh, look on it fondly and don't miss it when we're at Disney World. So it's it has stayed; it's still around. And so they've made a few different changes in the last few years. In 2016, the entire building received another cosmetic update. Gone are the gears and cogs and mechanical pieces um, that uh, highlighted the uh, the new Tomorrowland of the 1990s. Uh, now it has a streamlined, um, kind of a futuristic painting kind of, 
kind of thing going on uh, in bright colors of orange and blue and magenta. And actually, um, all of Tomorrowland received this uh, this update. No, the gears and cog uh, look has been changed all over Tomorrowland, and there's more of these orange and blues and magenta colors all over the place. Uh, and then uh, this is actually pretty exciting. This just happened a couple of weeks ago uh, in a very unexpected and unannounced change. Uh, just a few weeks ago, the final show scene, the Christmas in the House of 2000 scene, uh, received some wardrobe and hairstyle updates. So there were no, no rumors of anything being changed. There was no announcement or any nothing happened that said, hey, guess what? We're changing some stuff. It was just one day it opened and it had these new changes. So Patricia, who is the daughter, can now be seen wearing a hoodie. And these are some pretty cool shout outs, I guess you could call it. She's wearing a, a new hoodie. And on the hoodie, it says Progress Tech, which is an obvious nod to Walt Disney's planned urban improvement project, Progress City, that was supposed to be Epcot. Um, the new, more up-to-date uh, hairdo for her, she has what, uh, what the ladies are wearing nowadays. It's like a messy bun kind of look. So she got a new hairdo to be more in line with uh, what the ladies look like here in the, in the 21st century. Uh, and she's now holding her Christmas gift that she has apparently just opened uh, is now a new pair of hiking boots instead of uh, she was previously holding a brand new pair of ski boots. And the, the colors on the ski boots were very obviously, you know, 1990s uh, uh, styles, I guess you could say. So they updated them to these new hiking boots are pretty cool looking. The son, James, is wearing a new shirt. He had that uh, very 90s era striped po long sleeve polo shirt. He's now wearing a, uh, a quarter zip style that seems to incorporate a logo. It's got a logo on the, the left chest that is uh, actually a nod to Walt Disney's planned but never built Mineral King Ski Resort that was supposed to be built in California. Oh, funny. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So he's wearing this, uh, wearing this quarter zip, and it's got the logo of Mineral King, which um, you know was uh, ideas for a new expansion for the Disney Company in the '60s, but uh, was never built. Uh, he's also wearing new, uh, you know, skinny jeans. I guess you could call them. He's wearing slimmer jeans, where the ones he was wearing previously were 1990s kind of baggy or whatever. Um, and now both of the kids are wearing, uh, I guess, I'm guessing their Christmas morning presents. They're wearing uh, like house slippers or house shoes that are a bright green and located right on the top of the shoe is the face of that goofy looking reindeer with the tongue has their tongue sticking out from the, uh, the Disney parks Christmas parades. So uh, kind of a cool little nod to, you know, those, those silly looking reindeer. Uh, father has also received an updated haircut. It's um, the last haircut was kind of, um, kind of down in his face a little bit, a little bit longer haircut with some hanging over his forehead and stuff. So he's received a new, a new updated look. Uh, Tony, you said a couple of minutes ago, you thought he looked, the new father looks like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell uh, then, or, or uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does have that, uh, have that kind of look. So he's got, a, his hair is darker. It's more of a, more of a dark brown or maybe a black where it was kind of a reddish brown before. 
and um, he's wearing a new red holiday sweater. But the coolest part about the change for dad is he's wearing, you know, he's cooking in the kitchen. So he's wearing a, a green uh, apron over his clothes. And on the apron uh, are uh, the words says, my food rocks, which is an obvious nod to the now defunct food rocks attraction over at Epcot Center's land pavilion. So um, my family loved food rocks. We, uh, that was one of our favorites over at Epcot. So um, I, I love that reference to food rocks. I thought that was super cool. Mother received some new clothes and an updated hairdo, and so did uh, both of the grandparents. Um, you remember uh, Grandma was wearing like that uh, flowery uh, long sleeve dress with the lace around her neck and stuff, and that really looked pretty dated. It was a pretty old looking dress, so she's got an updated um, uh, kind of a, a new newer fashions for uh, like Grandma. And uh, Grandpa's actually, if you remember in the original, Grandpa was uh, holding a tie that I guess he got it on Christmas morning. He now appears to be wearing that tie because he's got a new jacket and a tie. And uh, so, you know, and he's got some some pretty cool looking uh, gray, uh, what I'm looking for, printed or plaid uh, gray slacks. So uh, everybody in the, the last scene received some new hair and you know more updated uh hairdos for the 21st century and some some clothing that's more in line with um you know 21st century clothes so uh, have you guys had a chance to take a look at um any of the pictures or anything from the the changes the new exciting changes to um the i'm actually looking uh, at some of them right now but, okay uh, the uh it, it is kind of interesting now we have to get them to the point where they start to uh change the backgrounds so that it matches today's era because i noticed earlier as we were looking at this that the oven is still kind of out of date even though it's a technologically advanced oven that talks well listen tony not to burst your bubble or anything but i'm going to remind you <laughs> who the current disney ceo oh. is and, uh, you know, the, the guy that's, you know, captain of the Disney ship, uh, Bob Paycheck. And, you know, he's not going to spring for the 900 bucks that a new oven costs. <laughs> that's, that's just too much. He's not going to spring for new backgrounds. They, they, I think we've mentioned some of this before. They've got to make some kind of connection with like Amazon or someone to, uh, to create new technology back there or elon musk as you mentioned once before like a, an amazon corporate chip could turn that into an alexa oven tony father got a new sweater what more do you want <laughs> i mean goodness gracious and grandma got a new dress yeah they sprung Don't forget for, the green slippers hey, and look, the slippers they sprung for like 300 dollars worth of new clothes for the entire family so to marshall's you know something. I, I don't know what you expect. You know, they, they could have given their, mother a their gift shop to the gift they, shop. Yeah. They could have given mother like a MacBook or something, but those are too expensive. So she's still using that 1990s era computer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you guys think? Um, that's pretty much it for the history of Carousel of Progress. You know, it started its life as Progress Land 
at the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, traveled all the way across to California and stayed there for almost 10 years, and then made another trek all the way across to Magic Kingdom and Florida's Walt Disney World. And it's been there since 1975. So been there a long time. Uh, thankfully survived a few of the, you know, a lot of the rumors of its closing and stuff. Uh, what do you guys think about Carousel of Progress? Is this something that you guys skip because you've seen it a million times? Is it something that you see on occasion or is it uh, an every time you go? My family sees it every time we go. We don't miss it. Um, what do you guys, how about you, Ron, do you, are you a Carousel of Progress fan or are you a take it or leave it kind of guy? No, I am a fan, but we're not in, we write it regularly. I don't know that it's a don't miss, but it's definitely not something we pass with ease either. Does that make sense? So we write it almost every time we've been there. Okay. So it's not something you skip on purpose. Right. Gotcha. What about you, Tony? Uh, for me, it's a not miss. I love the animatronics, as I've said before, and it, it's always been. It's also a nice place to cool down on, on the very, very warm days in Florida. You can just go back there to that area and and catch the show. It's it, it's it's a not miss for me. You know what? Let me. I, it is a not miss if we go to Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. In Magic Kingdom, exactly. Yeah. Well, so that's the. I was thinking. Well, we didn't see it on, but it's anytime we're in Magic Kingdom, we see it. But I will say I do miss it because, we, as we mentioned earlier, I haven't been to the Magic Kingdom now in almost 10 years. It's going to be 10 years in, in next year. Wow. I really miss it. And, and listening to this discussion has made me miss this ride even more, even though I can watch it on YouTube whenever I want to. It's not the same. No, it's not. It's fun to be there with the air conditioning and the screaming people and all that kind <laughs> in of the, in the And it, it's kind of rickety. So the, yeah. the, it's not as smooth transitions anymore. Well, this is uh, this is one of my my family's favorites. Yeah. We really do love this attraction, and like, uh, kind of like I said as I was going through the through the episode, um, it's a it's a nostalgic uh, attraction Absolutely. now. It's oh, you know. You don't, you don't, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you slid to that last scene and you're like, ooh, you know, the technology seemed interesting and exciting. Uh, and, you know, and now it's not anymore. Now it's, it's just fun. It's, it's kind of fun, fun to, to look at it and say, yeah, I know they kind of got that right and didn't get that exactly right, but we kind right. of get what they're yeah. doing, especially the virtual goggles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, um, Grandpa says something about, uh, you know, or maybe I don't remember who says it, but one of them says, you know, increase the the uh, brightness of the Christmas tree to, by 30 percent. And um, I, I talked to him. I have Google and I yeah. know some people have Alexa. I, we have Google in my house. And so I if I'm listening to music on my Google, I'm like, hey, Google, turn the volume up 30 percent. And it like, look, like, you know, and it turns up yeah. the volume. So we are and you, and, you know, and just, just like our lights. smart and just like our smart devices, though, it doesn't always listen like when it overcooks the turkey in that in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't I don't talk to my stove yet. I still push buttons, but I can turn on lights and turn on music or whatever um, by voice command. So. Those things are um, pretty cool, and you figure that ride opened in 1993, so 
um, literally 29 years ago. And uh, most of the things that uh, that we see in that that last ride scene uh, are kind of here. They, they you, we do, do one, those things. You know, one of the coolest things that I've had that's that's, that's like that, though, though totally useless. And why are you doing this? Because you can just get up. I have. I just recently got um, the Apple TV upgraded that I had, and I have one of the HomePods. And I sit there and I go, you know, hey Siri, turn on the TV, and he's going to do it right now. I mean, I can just turn on TV myself, Sorry, but st- I can't schedule commands. All right, thank you. <laughs> Siri's not cooperating. Not cooperating, but that you know, it's gotten to the point where you can ask it to do that. Yep, pretty cool stuff. So uh, it looks like I remember all- when I just wanted the remote control. Yeah, just the remote control. I was the remote control. Yeah, absolutely, me too. I remember my dad be like. <laughs> My dad be like, hey, the big boy, of the three check. channels we got. Yeah. And you had to bang hey, the TV and the fix the antenna. <laughs> I was the antenna sometimes. I'd hold on to the antenna just so we can get a clear picture. Stand up with your arms in the yeah, air. Yes. like So your antenna was taller now, yeah. right? Yeah. No, so that it doesn't, uh, there, there'd be scriggle on the screen. You'd hold on to it. Mm-hmm. That's progress, folks. <laughs> That's progress. <laughs> All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Carousel of Progress is one of our favorites. We are in consensus here. The three of us here in the, the WDW Reflections podcast headquarters all agree <laughs> Carousel of Progress is, uh, is a must-do. It's one of our favorites. Absolutely. All right. So let's head on over to the second segment of the show. This is something called What's Happening Now in Walt Disney World. Uh, so this week, just in time for the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, Disney's revealing some new Spaceship Earth light show features. And this time for the festival, they're going to be inspired by a Disney classic film. In a tweet posted by Disney Imagineer Zach Ridley, in which he said, and this is a quote, It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you to be our guest for an amazing new sequence inspired by the Academy Award winning song Just In Time for the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So the Food and Wine Festival started just a couple of days ago, started on the 14th of July, and it's going to be running through uh, most of the fall. And in this version, the Be Our Guest song will be playing uh, with new light show combinations of the English and French renditions of the song uh, and is going to have some fun little Easter eggs, like, uh, for example, going to have rising champagne bubbles on um you know all of those dynamic lights that now adorn spaceship earth so this is actually something pretty cool um you know though the light shows that that the the new you know beacon of light that spaceship earth is doing now uh man that thing is pretty amazing and uh when they first revealed it i had no idea that they were going to be introducing regular updates and new songs and new shows you know they did the pocahontas one a, a few months ago they did the the muppets one um the rainbow connection and stuff and now they're doing one with be our guest so uh, it's pretty exciting that uh you know i mean i guess you're going to put all that money into this new dynamic light show that um that they're just tossing in new shows new music new new lighting sequences and stuff uh, i think that's pretty exciting i'm excited to see how often this changes and i wonder uh again i haven't been to epcot in um just about two years you know we haven't been since before the pandemic so 
Um, I'm excited to eventually get back down there and see it, but I'm wondering uh, as they introduce these new songs. So now be our guest is introduced. I wonder, are they still doing, do they still do rainbow connection and do they still do colors of the wind from time to time? Or are I'm wondering if those get retired as they introduce a new song. So um, it's actually pretty exciting, uh, but it's, it's makes me sad that I haven't been there in a while because my guess is that once they introduce a new song, the other one's gone. So I'll never get to see colors of the wind or rainbow connection in person. Thankfully, 4K videos of it on YouTube exist, and I, I, you know, I've at least seen them, just not in real life. So, you guys heard about the uh, about the new "Be Our Guest" song coming to the new light show? I did hear. It sounds kind of fun. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a fun song, you know. Yeah. So I imagine it's going to be a fun thing to see. So I haven't seen the video, haven't watched a video on YouTube of that one yet, but I'm sure I will probably get to it this week. Yeah, I, I really have not seen videos of this yet. I was kind of wanting to see it in person. But now that um, I'm hearing that they're changing the songs out, that's kind of, I guess I'll have to look at it. Yeah, because they may not come back. We, they may be a, a limited time thing, and they just do it for that festival. And when the festival's over, it moves on to the next song. So, all right. So let's move on to the final part or final segment of our show something we call what's your favorite each week one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the question on the spot so this week i'm going to handle giving you guys the question and y'all let me know what you think what's your favorite so for this week since we just went over the uh, whole history of Progress Land, Carousel of Progress, and Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, I wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite between the two songs from Carousel of Progress? What's your favorite? Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. The original and then the revisited. Or the one that was like the meet in the Tomorrowland Carousel of Progress sandwich. Now is a time. I, I I knew I was going to call it that. That's not the real name of the song. What's the real name of the song? The best it's time a, of your life. The best time of your life. So what is your favorite? The original, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, or Now is the Best Time of Your Life from the 70s and 80s version of Carousel of Progress. Ron, we'll start with you. So this is easy for me because I love There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. And I really, I'm sure I've heard the other one, but I don't know it. And so one that was like the meat in the Tomorrowland Carousel of Progress sandwich. Now is a time. I, I I knew I was going to call it that. That's not the real name of the song. What's the real name of the song? The best it's, time um, of your life. The best time of your life. So what is your favorite? The original, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, or Now is the Best Time of Your Life from the 70s and 80s version of Carousel of Progress. Ron, we'll start with you. So this is easy for me because I love 
there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and i really i'm sure i've heard the other one but i don't know it and so great big beautiful tomorrow is my favorite and the only one that should be i don't need marketing changes to make me <laughs> so you disagree with the GE executives that wanted you to buy that new toaster <laughs> today. Especially, come on, keep the song that Walt wanted. Don't you need that new GE dishwasher? Oh, I need everything. Absolutely. <laughs> I normally have the be- the newest iPhone you can have, but I don't want some corporate executive telling me I need it. <laughs> you'll, you'll get the newest thing when you're ready. <laughs> exactly. The day it comes out, <laughs> but not because the executive, not because some executive manipulated me to think I needed it. Not because they put subliminal messages in your Disney world attractions, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. All right, Tony, how about you? Which one of the carousel of progress theme songs happens to be your favorite? Well, do we like you? The first one that I was exposed to was the best time of your life. And I was always used to that at, in, every time I went on the attraction. However, the once I learned the original, it did become my favorite one. If I think about that ride, I think about the optimism that's in that song uh, and the fact that there is going to be progress at some point in that song. And, and, and it's, it's interesting how in the course of time, that song has become what most podcasters who do Disney either quote or use as their end song or uh or just tend to go to so i would i i, I tend to agree it, it's um there's a great big beautiful tomorrow well look at that you guys are against me today i'm going to be the lone ranger here i'm actually going with i'm going to call it what i call it now is the time i'm going with uh, n- uh the best time of your life because... i think the best time of life of your life doesn't get as much airplay as the other one i maybe that's why ron's not familiar with it yeah um uh like i said you know that was i thought that was the original because you yeah. know I, I didn't have any uh youtube videos about the history of carousel progress to watch when i was 11 years old in 1985 um so that's the that's the carousel of progress I grew up with. So for a, almost the first 10 years, so probably five or six Disney trips that I went on in, in those 10 years, uh, starting in 85, that um, that was the carousel of progress I knew. And uh, much like we are today, my family then, my, my mom and dad and my brother and I, when we went, carousel of progress was a don't miss. And mm-hmm. Uh, we sang along with now is the time sure. you know, we, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, uh, I alluded to it before when it changed, I was like, no, what are you doing? You know, I was, I, so I was kind of anti great, big, beautiful tomorrow. I, it, I wasn't, uh, wasn't loving it when I was, I don't see 1993, uh, 1993, I would have been 19 years old. So um, I was anti against that song because I, I, they changed it. I didn't want them to change it. Um, I will say that you know once I learned the history and that it was you know the original song. And everything, yeah, when you see when you see Walt singing it, it, it changes yeah, the perspective yeah. on it. I've come to love it. I'm not against that song anymore, and I I really do love that song, and I I sing along with it when we're in uh, the current iteration of Carousel of Progress. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that I still identify Carousel Progress with my childhood 
and it's with that song now is the best time of your life so um i uh that's my favorite i absolutely love that one so i'll i'll be the lone ranger on that one against you two great big beautiful tomorrow guys this week maybe they can mix both of them in at some point oh you want to have a carousel of progress remix yes <laughs> with maybe like a disco beat or something <laughs> that'd be fun <laughs> i don't know about that doesn't at the end it turns into something like that with the guys singing when you're, Tony, when you're a you're a production guy why don't you create the carousel of progress <laughs> disco beat I will we'll end the show with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please go find us and follow us on all our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast. And we're on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms. And we'd love it if you'd give the show a follow wherever you happen to listen. And if you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from our social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from y'all. And please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you showing up and listening to uh, listen to us ramble on about our Walt Disney World memories. Thank you for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. We'll see you real soon. Don't try to change all around just